Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode. I am chatting with one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Sarah Harkin. And we honestly just have a very candid conversation. It is an unedited conversation all about well, a variety of things. We talk about going beyond the mind and letting go of mental planning, of ego. And we talk about embodiment and the importance of embodiment for manifestation. Sarah talks about, she tells a a really beautiful story about how she embodied abundance and received more money than she ever imagined the next day. And we talk about transitioning from hustle and force and push and burnout in our businesses to flow and intuition and energy work. We talk about healing emotional eating and the diet binge binge cycle at the core level, finding virtual best friends like what we did, so much stuff. So I am so excited to bring you this episode. And before we begin and dive into the episode, I just want to share with you about my Breathe and Receive digital course. This is my six-week signature course that I launch whenever my intuition pulls me to launch it. Right now, it is open and launching until October 31st. So you have about four days from the air of this episode to enroll if you feel called. The course is a six-week deep dive into energy healing, so self-energy healing, self-love, magical manifestation, and soul-led living. So essentially what I am doing throughout this course is I am teaching you the embodiment practices and the healing and energetic practices that have allowed me to create a, a life of ease, of flow, of intuition leading me, of abundance, of self-love and self-healing. I am teaching you how to embody tools that you will use for the rest of your life to feel safe, empowered, peaceful, confident, and connected to yourself. So I'm not teaching you to become me. I'm teaching you to become the most authentic, embodied, highest version of yourself. I ran this course live a couple months ago and my intuition Well, I thought my intuition was telling me that I would continue to launch the course live, but once it was complete, I felt so, so, so complete with it and so good with the trainings and the results, the beautiful, incredible, magical results that the clients in in that round received that I just, I, everything in me was telling me and is still telling me to bundle it up and to share it as a self-paced course. So what you have inside is, oh, listen to my voice getting all raspy. (laughs) It's pretty late when I'm recording this. Um, What you have inside is six modules So six modules of the top lessons that I think are most supportive for me and will be most supportive for you. And they are weekly modules. And with each weekly module, you have a breathwork practice to integrate the knowledge into your body. That's really when knowledge 
becomes wisdom is when we can drop the lessons that were in our mind down into the body. And we talk about embodiment so much in this episode, so it's so perfect for the timing of this breathe and breathe and receive launch. I also have seven bonus modules in there. I have embodiment tools that you will use for the rest of your life. I give you access to my breathwork bank, so all of these other breathwork classes that I've offered. And I also decided that, you know, the one hesitation I had for doing a self-paced course is that I love the live interaction. I love for you to be with me live. I love the Q&A. I love that I'm always able to share my own experiences and my own healing and teachings because I'm always evolving and deepening my own work. So I decided to offer a 90-minute training in November. So it's in the middle of November. It's November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And we will be on Zoom, and I will guide you through a breathwork practice, and then we will have half of the time for a Q&A. So I'll answer all of the questions coming up for you. Um, and yeah, I'm just really, really, really excited about that. And then you also have access to a community. So a community of people who are going through the same thing you are going through. So if you feel called to that, you will go to www.aliciamcneil.com forward slash breathe and receive. And the, the link to that is in the show notes and I would hurry on over because if you get in within the first 48 hours, there's a beautiful discount code that you will see on the site um, that I definitely would love for you to be able to take advantage of, okay? So there's that, and that's enough of me talking for now. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get to the show with Sarah. What's up, guys? My name is Alicia McNeil, and I'm here to help you reclaim your power and attract the life you've been dreaming about to you. From manifestation, mindset, healing, and energetic superpowers, I believe we are all magical beings waking up to the reality that we get to choose what we feel, what we experience, and what we create in this world. Upgrading what's no longer working for us so that we can create a ripple effect of love and healing out into the world. I hope this episode adds some inspiration, laughter, and magic to your day. We're waking up. Let's do it together. All right. So welcome to this episode of Wake Up With Me. I am here with one of my best girlfriends, Sarah Harkin. (laughs) I'm sure you can hear it in my voice how happy I am to have her here. Sarah and I met, we met through our first business coach. Yeah, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, We met online and she was really probably my first virtual, really, really good girlfriend. And she taught me about manifestation and the law of attraction and and about Abraham Hicks. This is all coming back to me now. Wow. You started this all for me. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. 
<laughs> um, Sarah is also not only one of my my closest friends, she is a podcast host. She hosts a podcast called Her Vibe is Pretty with one of her good girlfriends as well, um, Mary. And it's all about coming home to your most authentic self. And I'll, I'll let her talk a little bit more about that later on. It's been really blowing up in the past couple months. And she is also a food and body coach. I'm not sure if that's what you call yourself title-wise. Yeah, but. I've played around with it. Right now, I'm like food freedom, self-worth, and emotionality. So everything under those categories. Perfect. All the things. <laughs> Just really helping you feel good in your skin, right? And heal your relationship with food and your body. So that's Mm -hmm. a little bit about Sarah. I could go on and on, but welcome, Sarah. Thanks for coming. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. And you guys, it's so funny because we were just talking on our podcast a little bit about the whole idea of control and of planning. And Alicia, you and I have talked about this a lot, but it's just so cool how all the stuff works. There was the old me, the smaller self me who wanted to plan everything down to every single word that I was going to say. And, you know, Alicia, you know this about me. When I first started coaching, I would like plan my group coaching calls out and type them all out and read off of that. And I just didn't trust my intuition. I didn't trust my evolved self. I didn't trust like the higher power to spark inspo inside of me until I started really doing some deeper work. And now I'm a lot better with it, but I will say still, you know, on our podcast, we definitely don't plan them out to a T, but we have some structure. And I was so excited when you and I like, you know, there's that little question, what would you like to talk about? And I'm like, let's just let whatever comes up. And I know that that's your intention for this call too, is just to let it flow And honestly, there was a part of the mind in me, even just now when we were chatting about it before, you know, we started recording that was like, oh shoot, what if we don't have anything to talk about? But as the universe would have it, when you were introducing me, so many things just came up because our relationship is so deep. And I mean, we've only been friends for what has it been maybe like a year and a half now? Yeah, I think it was two Februarys ago. So yeah, a year and a half. But like, I feel like, I mean, if we had planned something to talk about today, then the inspired inspo that's coming up in my body right now on things that we get to talk about to these people just through you introducing me, there wouldn't be room for that. So (laughs) let this be your guys' first lesson and a reminder that you don't need to plan. You don't need to try to control. You get to just lean in and flow and trust so deeply that whatever is supposed to come up for you, whether you're a coach or a leader in some way, shape or form or a teacher of some sort, or even if you're not, like maybe you're just somebody who needs to have a bold conversation with someone. You don't necessarily have to plan it all out. You get to just lean into your higher self and flow with it. Yes. God, I love talking to you. (laughs) Guys, I do this every time we talk on the phone too. Sarah is so inspiring and she just, oh, it's 111 here. She just, gosh, I just love the way you speak. I mean, no wonder you have a podcast. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about the mind. Let's start there because 
that's like one of the biggest blocks when it comes to awakening, right? Is Mm -hmm. our egoic mind and us overthinking and overplanning and overanalyzing. So I'm curious if anything's coming to mind for you that you've, um, maybe that you've worked through or, or something you've experienced or even, I think you have a really cool story about the first time that you heard your thoughts. When, hold on, I'm trying to think of what one you're talking about. <laughs> I might be thinking of somebody else. The I first you, time you became aware of your own thoughts. So I think I know what story you're talking about. Was uh-huh. it with the float tank? I don't know. Go ahead. Tell us. Okay. Well, this isn't my story, but it's somebody else's and mm-hmm. this is coming up for me. So I must be, be I must need to share it right now. Um, so it, it wasn't me. It was one of my friends who, okay. So I was in a mastermind group with five guys and these guys were all like late twenties. I was early twenties at the time. And we all just wanted to start a mastermind to come together and to collaborate and to grow and learn together. And I had already started my, my journey a bit. Um, you know, I had read at that point I had read, you are a badass and maybe you are a badass at making money by Jensen Chiro. Check those books out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they're amazing first self-help books I ever read and they changed my life completely. They put me on this path that I'm on now. But anyway, so I was kind of like into spirituality. And I, at that point I had started figuring out that I'm not my thoughts and that the mind's not actually who I am and that there's a deeper part of me. That's who I really am. That's more fun to live life as instead of the conditioned egoic mind. And there was one guy in my mastermind group who so we all read the power of now together and all of us were on board except for this one friend of mine. And he was just very, very, very skeptical about spirituality and about, you know, this not physical part of ourselves, our evolved woman, our, or um, our evolved selves. Um, and he just wasn't having it. And so all of us were like, whatever, you know, he'll, he'll come to terms on his own time and so he went to the float tank. Do you know what a float tank is? No. Is, is that the tank where you lay down and it feels like you have no senses? You're just kind of floating? Yes. So the water is like salt water and it's same as your body temperature. So it feels like you're floating and you're in there for an hour. So it's like a deep meditation. And so he goes to the float tank and he didn't know what to expect. He was like trying to meditate, but still very hesitant and skeptical of everything. And so he went to the float tank and he was in a room next to our other friend. And when he was, do you know what the story, do you know what I'm talking about? Is this the one you were referring to? No, you've never told me, but I'm excited. I'm on sitting on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Yeah. So he is in the float tank and he was in there for maybe about like 25, 30 minutes. And all of a sudden he hears a really heavy knock, like super loud. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Why are people running around upstairs? This is supposed to be a meditative experience. I'm supposed to be in the present moment right now. And there are literally kids running around upstairs. How unprofessional. So, and he said it was so loud. He's like, my friend had to have heard it in the room right next to me. These walls aren't that strong. So they both come out. You sit in like a room after your floating experience to journal and to reflect. And he says to our friend, Brad, he goes, Hey, 
um, did you hear that? Did you hear those footsteps up above? And Brad's like, no, what are you talking about? And my friend goes, you're joking. You had to have heard that. It was so loud. And it was, it was, you had to have heard it. And Brad's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so our friend's just like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. Maybe you were just too far off in meditation, Brad. Like there was something going on. So then, oh, I had the chills already. He goes back again because he bought like a package deal. And he goes back for his second flow and he heard it again, just as loud, just as distinct. And instantly when he heard it again, he's like, oh my God, this is my ego running away from me. He just like felt that in his body. I have the chills all over right now. Wow. He was like, this is literally my ego running away right now because he couldn't let go of the ego. Like I said, he was the one out of the group who was just so skeptical about any of this that we were reading and learning together and talking about. And his ego ran away from him in the float tank and he was able to really lean in after that moment. Whoa. Okay. That's, that's so, so, so cool. I, it's so interesting that you bring that up because earlier today, was it today? It doesn't matter. I was talking with a girlfriend about ego. It was Mm -hmm. last night. I was talking, we were talking about ego and how people try to kill their ego or like run away from their ego or get rid of their ego. And that's actually not possible, right? Because our ego, if we're trying to kill our ego, that just, we're just picking up a new egoic identity of I'm trying to kill my ego. Our ego is always here. It's always shifting and evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we befriend our ego and we're no longer resisting it and running away from it, we're no longer strengthening those parts that we want to, to evolve. Mm -hmm. So that's so interesting that his ego is running away. Maybe it was like like, I don't know. I'm just, I have so many questions for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. We should have him on. I, I have a feeling that, you know, his ego was just getting in the way too much. He wasn't able to connect to that non-physical part of himself and that spiritual part of himself because his ego was so strong. And so, you know, this isn't real. That's not true. You are me. I am you. You know, the, he was just so attached to the ego and all the thoughts. And so the ego was like, I need to run away and I need to get out of the way so that you can really lean into your body. Not to say that his ego, like his ego 100% was gone in that moment. It just like was stepping aside and running away so that he could start to lean in and connect to that part of him that's deeper and has more answers than the mind. Mm, that's so good. That would make sense because I've heard that in those tanks. I actually, when I was living in Portland, I really wanted to go check one out, but I didn't end up doing it. I hear that because you're floating and because it's the same body temperature and because there's just no, you have no senses that you can really tap in and connect with, with everything, like with the universe and with all that is. And people, I think I heard about it through Joe Rogan a Joe Rogan podcast. He had like a trippy experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I've been, I don't know if I've told you this, but sometimes during my meditations now I can access the state of being one with everything. And I just feel waves of energy throughout my body. It's so cool. Did I tell you that? You haven't. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I love that. <laughs> so speaking of ego, so this is the first thing or the mind, cause you, you brought up the mind 
And I actually have a story that I was going to tell you, but might as well tell you on the podcast because this is so good. And it's a very recent story, some experience that I'm having right now. So the mind, mindset work, obviously important, right? The mind, the body, and the soul. It's so important to work on every aspect so that you can find this harmony. However, Alicia, you being a breathwork facilitator and an energy healer, you know that there is so much more to mindset and mindset in itself isn't going to get you where you want to be, right? So, you know, you got to go deeper than that. For the past three years, I have been reading books on the law of attraction, studying the law of attraction, studying manifestation. You know this about me. And I have started to grasp it for sure. I mean, obviously I read about it all the time. I'm always studying it. I'm always listening to podcasts on it. I get it. The mind in me understands what LOA is, what manifestation is. It gets it. But for so long, I have just really struggled to manifest more money into my life. And I've done it for sure. I've done it on multiple occasions. I've manifested mass quantities of money, but it's like, it'll happen here and there and it won't happen consistently or like I'll manifest some money and then I won't for months and months. It's just this roller coaster and it's really frustrating. And so what I've realized in the past, like, you know, six months maybe, um, is that there's some deep rooted scarcity here. There is some energy, some trauma, some wounds in my body somewhere. Maybe it's from my lifetime. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's from a past lifetime. Maybe it's from my ancestors. There's some kind of something in my body that's making it so that I cannot manifest money mentally by just doing mindset work. I'm like, there's got to be more to it than this. So I came across this workshop a couple of days ago And it was all about getting into your body, stopping with the efforting to try to manifest the money through your mind and through mindset. And instead getting into your body, working through whatever is there, starting to really flow through that so that you can open your body and open your energy up to abundance to let it flow through. And so I did this workshop and it was the most powerful workshop I've ever done in my life. I literally, I don't really know my ancestors. I'm not like, I haven't done that family tree thing. I don't honestly really know as of now. I want to find out, but I don't know, you know, where my ancestors are from. Obviously, like I know my parents and I know my grandparents a little, like I might know my dad's parents a lot, but I know my mom's parents a little bit. And that's pretty much it. I had a great couple great grandmas, but I don't know much about, you know, their money stories or whatever. But during this workshop, I could feel the scarcity through my body. I could feel my roots, the roots of scarcity, like in the ground that are holding me back. I just had the most profound experience. At the end of it, I was bawling. So basically you did like this flow. So these movements with your bodies to start to open your body up, to start to experience scarcity in your body and abundance in your body and overflow in your body. And there was like eight different poses we went through. And then at the end, we did breath work to amplify all of that. And during the breath work, I started bawling. And for the first time ever, I truly felt what it feels like to actually be abundant. And it was such a profound experience. And then 
that, so the day before that I had launched this program that, so I'm the mental and emotional wellness director at a local gym and we just started this division. So I'm doing that with yoga classes. I'm starting with yoga classes there. And then I'm going to eventually add, um, like workshops and stuff like that. But I had just launched that the day before I moved through this energy, the scarcity energy and started calling in abundance. And I literally made double what I was expecting to make on that launch. <laughs> like so much money just flowing so freely, so easily. And people being so excited about it. One mantra. So obviously there's like a time and a place for the mind and mantras. And then there's like even a larger amount of time and place for the energetic work. And the mantra that I've always said is people love to pay me. People love to pay me. People pay me with ease. It's a energetic exchange I give. And then I receive in exchange for my gifts. And everybody is, has been so excited to pay me. And it's just like moment after moment after moment. It's like email from Stripe, another one from Kajabi, another one from Kajabi, another, 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 another. And it's just bizarre. <laughs> this is so fucking fantastic. You, you feel the drop in. Yeah. Like you feel like before it was like, mm -hmm. I think I'm understanding it, but now it's like embodied. You feel the abundance in your body. And now you get it. It's like wisdom in your body. Is that what you're experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I 100%. I'm like feeling it. And after that workshop, I signed up for a six-month membership to continue this work. The mind, there's a time and a place for the mind, like we were talking about before. But what's going on in your body and the energy in your body and the wounds in the body and the trauma in the body and the the trapped emotions and stuck emotions and the shit that's been in your body for years and years and years is even more important. And I think that's where like, you know, in my opinion, breath work and energy work and intuitive movement and connecting to your body, because really that was the basis, you know, if for you, those of you who don't know, Alicia and I went through a program called hungry for happiness together. And one of the biggest takeaways that I had from that program was connect the mind back into the body. Mm -hmm. We get to connect to our bodies to create the lives we desire. Totally. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, if you're listening and you're like, what do you mean connect to my body? I work out, I touch my body, I see my body. It's so different. And once mm -hmm. you, once you drop in, you'll know, like you'll feel, you'll feel your heart from within. You'll feel your belly and your solar plexus and your, your chakras from within your body. And you can begin to tune in, like, are they open? Are they closed? And then you can really get more advanced and tune into the frequency of abundance in your body. And that's so cool, Sarah, because I, I remember when like all the mindset work was frustrating me as well. And then I dropped into the body with this, this deeper work. And it's like, oh, th this is when I truly understand that it does get to be easy, that I do just get to do this inner work and become a magnet and it will just flow. Yep. But it's like so hard for the mind to understand that until we experience it in the body. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah. It was that Tori Washington's 
um, class. Yeah. yeah, it sounded super familiar. I, I didn't sign up for it, but I had some girlfriends who did. Um, mm. Mm, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was beautiful. And the reason I was turned on to her work in the first place is because she was literally like, have you tried to manifest or like mindset your way and affirm your way and mantra your way to creating abundance in your life? And you haven't been able to do it. Okay. Yeah. Here's why. Like, let's go deeper. It's got to be a body thing. You have to flow that through your body. So mm. that was awesome. I'm going to do, so she's going to offer um, a teacher training too, to bring other people through it. And I'm 100% doing that because I'm a yoga teacher right now as well. And I just think that'll be really powerful. But speaking of efforting your way there and hustling your way there, let's talk about the first business course that we did together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to, I did want to say, you know, um, actually never mind. We can say, we can say that for later. What did you want to talk about, about the first business course? Well, you without blatantly calling anyone out, huh? <laughs> yeah. We're not calling anybody out here, but <laughs> you were just talking about how it's so hard for the minds in us to grasp that it gets to be easy. Yeah. And we clearly experienced that in that first business course that we did together because a lot of the people inside of there didn't think that it got to be easy. And that first business course that Leisha and I did did together was a, was all mindset, was all hustle, was all force, was all push, was all work, 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 work to get the clients, to get the money, to have the business. Yeah. And we both, did that. So I'm just, if you're listening right now, Alicia and I are speaking from experience. We've both been through that. And were there moments that were fun? Sure. But all in all, for me, it wasn't a fun experience. I learned and I'm so glad I did it. And it was so beautiful and divine, but it was exhausting and I got burnt out and it was just not fun. And now I feel like we both kind of went through that. You can speak to your experience, but now that I've shifted and realized that it's not just mindset, it's not just hustle and force and push and effort, but it's more lean into your body, connect to your body, connect to your intuition, let it be easy, let it flow. I'm even more, I'm way more successful, whatever you want to define successful as. To me, I'm way more successful and I feel a lot more aligned with my business now that I'm doing that instead of just trying to mindset and push and force my way into success. Yeah. Yeah. The coaching industry is so interesting. And, and this is kind of what I was going to mention, um, before you brought that up was one thing that I love about Tori Washington is that she does go into the body and I, I see myself kind of, um, zooming out and looking at all of these people who teach manifestation or, or business or abundance. And it's so clear who's rooted in, in fear and like ego and ego is essentially fear, right? It's like, I need this thing to be loved, to be seen, to be worthy, to be enough. And who's rooted in love and abundance. And I want to learn from, from people who are grounded in love and abundance so that I can enjoy the journey every single moment and be in that energy rather than continuing to try and manifest this long-term goal from a place of fear. And I remember 
I think the first time I kind of received a red flag from our first coaching experience was that I remember one day one of the coaches was saying, you know, if you're making $50,000 a month, you need to make more. So, so plan to spend more, like buy yourself a sauna, like do this, do that. And I didn't really know at the time why that triggered me so much, but now I know it's because that's an energy of fear. That's an energy of scarcity Mm -hmm. where that person was literally training us to create scarcity in our body to force us to hustle more. And I'm just like, whoa, that is so not the life I want to live. But it's also not this person's fault. I mean, that's how society teaches us to operate is like, for sure. Out of fear, out of force, out of all of that. And I really believe that us going through that experience and burning out and beginning to um, really dislike these people actually allowed us to kind of come full circle to, at least for me, I really see it as a gift. Like, thank God I went through that with my first coach because yeah. it taught me what I don't want. And it Same. gave me so much perspective yep. of what I do want and what I'm going to create for myself. Yes. I love that. That's such a good point. And for those of you listening, everything's so divine. And even the experiences, Rachel Bell, she said something once, she's another business coach. And she talked about how one time she spent spent like a hundred thousand dollars on a coach that completely screwed her over. And it was like the worst experience she's ever had. She learned nothing, but it was the best investment she ever made (laughs) because even though it didn't help her, she learned so much And so that just gets to serve as a reminder to all of you that no matter what what you're going through right now, even if it feels like it sucks and it feels painful, there are so many beautiful and divine lessons in it. And one day you're going to look back on this experience and you're going to be like, wow, I'm really glad that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely spent a lot of, I've learned a lot of spiritual lessons through spending money. I think that's been a gift as well because it's really helped me see money as energy and now I have no fear in spending it. Mm-hmm. But w- yeah, that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic, but hmm, this is good. This is good. I, it, I don't know if you have anything left to add for that, but I would love to transition and talk a little bit about food and our relationship with food and our skin and our relationship with our skin too. Cause we have some common. Oh yeah. There. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Let's start with food. Um, My listeners know that, unless they're new, that I struggled with emotional and binge eating, the diet binge cycle for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And to me, uh, healing that has been my awakening you know, like when I was in the thick of it, there was no space for anything else. It was like all I thought about, all I did. And then when I finally was able to be guided to what would actually help me heal it from the internal um, core wounds, when I started manifesting and when I started loving myself. And when I started feeling good and feeling abundance and all of that in my body, mm-hmm. um, would you say it's, it's similar for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it kind of all ties together because for me, 
I struggled with emotional binge eating off and on. I want to say since I was about 18, a freshman in college, but when I really dig into it, I was 100% an emotional eater, probably almost my whole life. And, but the binging really started around college and, um, it was off and on, like I said. And so when I first started my business, I wasn't binging emotional eating. I wasn't in a phase of my life where that was present for me, but then I started my business and I noticed success pretty quickly and my clients were thriving and I was thriving and then boom, started binging emotional eating again. And I was like, what the heck? And at this point, I had done some work. I had started diving into all the practices, the law of attraction, the manifestation, the power of now, all of that. But when I was binge and emotional eating during that time, I was just still so, I was confused. I was super confused as to why that was coming up again. Um, And then also you know, when I started my business and I took the leap of faith and I invested in my first coach and I started coaching my clients. And like, obviously I was definitely, I was at that point, I was certified as an integrative nutrition health coach. So I was good enough for my clients to help them, to coach them, to help them change their lives. So that was like a a good time in my life. Um, before that I was also very confused because I'm like, why am I doing, reading so many books, listening to so many podcasts. Yeah. I still feel like I'm the most unhappy one in my family, out of my friends. Why do I still feel so unfulfilled and so unhappy when I'm like the one who's studying all of these amazing, beautiful things in life, like the law of attraction, like manifestation, like the power of now. But like I said, then I started my business, then things were looking up, but then, I'm sorry, I <laughs> my Alexa she's broken oh I okay. can't hear it I can't hear it at all oh you couldn't okay. no so anyway I so like I was doing well in my business that kind of like faded and then I started binge emotional eating again and then I found hungry for happiness and that's another program like I mentioned earlier that Leisha and I did together to become certified food and body coaches and yeah, so, so that was a very long response to your answer, but yes, <laughs> I jumped into hungry for happiness and started to heal the root cause of the binge and emotional eating. And that's when my spiritual awakening really got amplified. And that is when things finally started to click. And that is when I realized that, holy shit, I can read a thousand books but unless I know how to embody the work and actually dive super deep within my depths, which a book is not going to help me do, there's no way that I'm ever going to like really find that true bliss and fulfillment and peace and happiness. So yeah, I mean, working through Hungry for Happiness in those first couple of months and learning about the depths of all this was for sure the start of my actual spiritual awakening, even though I had been studying it for years before. Mm, it was like when you actually started to feel spirit in your body because you yeah. were going in. Yeah, totally. Cool. So and go ahead. I was just going to say that like before I, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I, when I started my business and then I started binge emotional eating again, I started, I never really realized that binge and emotional eating was an eating disorder. I had no idea. And I just had always thought that it was a part of life because I had 
friends and family who did it. And I'm like, okay, it's normal. We all do it. But then when I started my business and I'm a health coach and I'm teaching people to be healthy yet I'm over here still having these binging spells here and there with healthy food, but still I'm like, something's kind of off. And then Alicia, you're the one who sent me hungry for happiness. And I watched a video on it and I'm like, oh my God, binge and emotional eating is an eating disorder. And I have an eating disorder. That was when I really started to realize that it was a thing that got to be healed, but never in my life would I have thought that healing that part of me would have been my spiritual awakening that would lead me to, I don't even know how to explain what came next. Like just (laughs) all of the amazing, everything, all the amazing (laughs) blissful modalities that I've ran into since and the way that I've grown ever since is just beyond the mind. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's like, I remember back then I thought it was about the food so much. I tried like the whole 30 and the, there's this one, I can't remember what it was, but I tried so many food things. I thought I was addicted to food Mm -hmm. and I was, but not because of the food. It was because I needed to feel safe or I needed to feel loved or I needed some nature or some self-love. Um, and, and, you know, if anyone's listening and is dealing with this, I want you to know that it's not like you tell and, and it's over. Like you never think about food in your body again. It's not like that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's in my opinion now, whenever I like feel called to snack late at night, it's such a gift for me to tune in and, and recognize like, okay, this isn't a physical hunger cue. So what do I really need? Maybe I need sleep again, some breath, some self-love, some connection. Like it's such just like anxiety. It's such a signal to what I get to give myself to be feel whole again. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the food is like not a thought anymore. Um, yeah. So, so what, what is like a common thing that you need when you feel like a craving for food, when you know you're not hungry? So my two biggest ones are connection and relaxation. Mm -hmm. I have the coolest story that I'll share on here because it's just, I mean, it gives them the perfect example of this. So I am a very avid morning routiner and I will say that they ebb and flow. So right now I'm in a phase where they're shorter, but over quarantine, I really amplified them like two to three hour morning routines. <laughs> and I was posting about them and people was lo- people were loving it. They were getting inspired to do a morning routine as well. And then a woman messaged me and said, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of hard work to live the best life. I just like to get up out of bed, have a co- my coffee, go to my garden and spend time with my husband. And my initial reaction and response was to say, you know, everyone's different, but no, this doesn't seem like a lot of hard work because everything I'm doing in my mornings, even though it takes me two to three hours, it all puts energy in and it makes me feel nourished and whole. And that doesn't feel like work to me. But then... The next night, I think it was the next night, I ate dinner and I was sitting at on my bar stool at the bar and I had a show on. And after I was done eating, I knew that there were Reese's in the freezer. And the mind in me 
wanted a Reese's so badly, which would have been multiple Reese's for sure. And let me just preface and say that I don't like never allow myself to have Reese's. I've healed my relationship with food in my body so much now that if I want to have a Reese's because not because I'm numbing or avoiding, but because I truly genuinely want one, I'll eat one. But in that moment, I was like, I stopped myself because I knew enough to do that. And I was like, okay, wait a second. I'm not hungry. I just ate dinner. Do I really want the Reese's? Probably not. What's going on? So I, in that moment, took myself off of my stool, sat down on my floor, hugged my body, held my body, started breathing into it, breathing into my belly. And I asked myself, what do I truly need right now? What do I truly need? I know that I'm not hungry for this Reese's. I just had a couple yesterday. Like I'm not, it's not a physical craving. It's, it's a mental and emotional craving. So what do I need? And I just heard relaxation and rest. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. That's definitely what I need. And the mind in me thinks that the mind in me associated food with rest and relaxation for so long since I was young. Because we'd have, you know, we'd go to school, we'd do sports, we'd come home, we'd grab snacks and dinner and sit in front of the TV. That's how we relax. That's how a lot of, I feel like your average American family relaxes is by doing just that. That's what I saw my mom doing, you know, her whole life. If she wanted to relax, she'd grab some peanut M&Ms and watch a movie. And so that's what the mind associates food with for me is, or relaxation is food and TV. So I heard that I need rest and relaxation. I'm like, okay, yes, that's true. But what's actually going to give me that deep rest and relaxation? I asked myself that out loud because it's sure as hell is not the Reese's. If I would have ate the Reese's, maybe it would have given me a temporary fix. But I just know that after the Reese's were done, I'd want another. And then I'd want another because I wouldn't be fulfilled. So I'm like, okay, what do I really need? it's a bath. I know it's a bath. I know it's some body brushing. I know it's a bath with some essential oils. So I pulled myself to the bath. I had to wash my bathtub out. I had to start my water. I had to put the oils in, the Epsom salts, all the things. I soaked into the bath and I got the genuine peaceful relaxation that I needed. And I felt so fulfilled. Now bringing this full circle, it made me reflect on what that woman said to me. Yes, is hard work to live the best life. It would have been way easier for me to give in. It would have been way easier for me to get off of my stool, go to the freezer, grab all the Reese's, bring them back, start mowing down the Reese's and watch the show. That would have definitely been easier than dragging my exhausted body into the bathtub, cleaning the bath, putting the salts in, doing the body brushing and soaking in. But doing the hard work to live the best life is fucking worth it. Yeah. Because, because the the next day, what, what's easier the next day is being in a state of flow and love. It's not beating yourself up for the night before. I always say I work really, really hard to make my life easy. Yeah. And over time we're rewiring neural pathways so much that it just becomes a, a steady state of, mm-hmm. of more ease yep. without having to work as hard at letting it be easy. Yeah. And not even just the next day, but that night, right? So if I would have taken the easy route and ate all the races and watched all the shows, I would have ended up staying up 
so late. I would have been so pissed off at myself that night. I would have felt bloated. I probably would have had a stomach ache. I would have felt even more depleted and exhausted. Yeah. But I took a bath. I got out of the bath. I felt like a goddess. I felt like my highest, best self, my evolved self. And that was beautiful. So once again, a really long response <laughs> to your question. But for me, it's usually relaxation and, and connection. I love that. That was such a that was such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. That that painted an image. I I whenever you tell stories, I'm feel like I'm watching a movie with my eyes open. It's really cool. I could like see the bar stool and like everything. Oh, I love that <laughs> so much. Thank you for that compliment. I get that mm-hmm. quality from my dad. But good. I'm glad you saw that. And you know, another thing that comes up for me that I feel pulled to share right now too is boredom. That's mm-hmm. another one. Um, you know, so many, I hear this all the time from clients, from prospective clients, from followers, from listeners. Well, I'm just a bored eater. You know, nothing's wrong. I'm just bored. And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. This is my belief. Okay. So this maybe not, not everyone buys with this belief and Alicia, you can tell me what you think about this, but in my opinion, and maybe it's because I've read the book journey of souls. So this is the, the way my mind works. In my opinion, our souls came in this body onto this earthly plane to experience life. Our souls are never bored. Our souls could be just chilling in our bodies, staring out the window, looking at the trees and feel so alive and feel so excited and lit up. In my opinion, our souls are never bored. They are just amazed every second of every day just because they're having this human experience. And with that said, in my opinion and in my experience, boredom is just a sign of being disconnected. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'll, I'll take it one step further because I watched this video and I was feeling really addicted to social media by Cal Newport. And I think it was a Ted talk and he was talking about how boredom is, is not necessarily a part of our spirit and our soul, but a part of our biology and our brain. And it served us way, way, way back before technology, before we had disordered eating. And it drove us to connect, to create, to go hunt Mm. So we might feel like the slight sensation of boredom, but we don't just lay there and like eat or watch TV or scroll on Instagram. We, we, it just like, it's like a biological tool to like get us to go do shit and live our life. Um, And now it's being replaced with all of these things and habits and technology and it is disconnecting us from our soul and from our essence. And I, I don't think I, I mean, I'm no, I don't know if I ever get bored because, because I'm so connected. And if I notice boredom coming up, I'll tune into my heart and I'll ask my soul, like, what, what do you want to do right now? And oftentimes it's like, go to sleep or go like sit at the beach and just feel the waves in your, my body. But again, that comes back to embodiment, right? Like if we're not connected to our body and our spirit in our body, and we're just in our minds, 
then then boredom is huge. And also, let's take this even further, is this this was a huge, huge, huge part of my my eating disorder was knowing that I craved connection and like fun and adventure, but being so afraid to go out and do that, like so mm-hmm. afraid to make new friends, so afraid to put myself out there that I chose to stay in and and eat. Yep. rather than go out and be vulnerable and courageous. Yeah. Mine goes kind of hand in hand. That too it brought something up in me. Same thing. But for me, it was with starting my own business and getting on social media and starting a podcast and talking about all of this stuff on my page. I mean, you were with me during that time. I would, would emotionally eat and as a way, or I'd eat and I'd use food as a way to avoid the things that I was actually afraid of, the mind was afraid of, I guess I should say. It felt easier, once again, to eat and to avoid and to distract myself with food and with Netflix than it felt to be vulnerable and put myself out there. Yeah. Yeah. And and for anyone listening, we're not making that part of you wrong because mm-hmm. you, your physical body is like feeling fear. Like, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. That's what it feels like. Although logically, you know, you're not going to die. And again, it comes back to those embodiment practices, right? Like feeling safe, moving through the pain and the scarcity in the body, all that good stuff. Ooh, it's so good. (laughs) It is. It really is. It's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful journey. And yeah, like Alicia said, it's not like that part gets to be there and you're right now doing the best you can for what you know. I say that a hundred times a day because if we shame those parts of us, it's just going to get worse and we're going to stay in that vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Just take a deep breath and know that you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to these words and you felt the call to listen to this episode for a reason. So explore that, but don't shame yourself for where you're at because it's all in divine timing always. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's happening for us in perfect timing. And I remember a huge shift in feeling my relationship with food was the moment that I emotionally ate. I would just say, you know what? I forgive you. Like I was talking to myself, like I forgive you. What did I need in that moment? And that, that like clears it. So we don't have to carry that energy with us for the rest of the freaking week when that happened, like it's in the past already, you know? Right. No, 100% me too. I was reflecting on it the other day, like, okay, what are the top things that have helped me heal this relationship to food? And one of them for sure was forgiveness and not beating myself up every time. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't still happen. There are still times where I'll be eating a piece of cake or something and the body maybe wanted two bites and I might have had four bites. And um, the mind's like, oh, shoot. And then all of a sudden it like clicks in and I'm like, oh, shoot. I probably ate two bites too many. And then I feel like a little bloated. And I'm like, okay, I could sit here and beat myself up about it, but that's going to keep me in that low vibrating energy. I still practice this. It's like, nope, I forgive me. It's okay. Like move on. You know, you're still learning. (laughs) I mean, this, I I think it's Joe Dispenza that says like this stuff really takes about eight years to really shift in the mind and to really completely change those neural pathways and to change those limiting beliefs. It's like you, you get to practice for seven to eight years until things completely shift biologically. And 
we've been doing this for what, like two years now? Yeah, but that's not to say that you you aren't can't make absolutely world change oh, yeah. in, a, well, I mean, in a shorter amount of time. Right. But but again, it's like we can always find something to beat ourselves up for, mm-hmm. right? Or we can always just like be accepting with what is exactly. and like create love and peace within in what is and just live from that place. It's mm. So much better. Yeah. It feels much better. I mean, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, forgiveness is a big one when it comes to healing the relationship with food. And um, I would also say just paying attention to what we just talked about. Like, what do you actually need in the moment? What's going on? Even if you, if you're listening and this is all new to you, just take the first step by just acknowledging what's going on. You know, even if you do end up still turning the food, just start making notes of, okay, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling bored. I'm feeling stressed out. I'm feeling anxious. Start bringing awareness to all of this. That is literally the first step. Totally. Awareness is everything. Yeah. Thank you for your wisdom. You're so great. (laughs) So are you. Um, I, there's one more thing that I want to cover before we, we wrap this up and that is, you know, you are really, really devoted to this work and it, that's not like, um, like that's not a quality you meet in people every single day. And I think that's part of the reason why we're so drawn to each other is we both have like this innate drive to do this work even if the minds in us are mm-hmm. like ah, I just want to break <laughs> so I'm curious I haven't asked you this in a while what is like your your vision or why for um like I know you want to help people and do you have any vision or any like particular um, mission or anything like that that you're feeling called yeah, sorry you broke out a little bit. Um, but I think I, I think I caught the question. So how do I explain this in words? I just know, like I had this deep knowing in my body that there is so much more to this life on planet Earth than majority of the minds here can fathom or even realize. I honestly think that even the woke of the woke right now on planet earth still don't understand how much is available to us here. I just had this deep knowing and I personally have gotten a taste of that these past three years. I was raised in a very traditional home. Very, very traditional. You go to school, you play sports, you come home from school, you do your homework, you go to bed, you hang out with your friends, you go to parties you go to college, you get a nine to five job, you work your life away to save for retirement, you retire, then you travel, then you live. And then after, <laughs> Alicia just did the puke sign for any of those. You can't see her right now. <laughs> um, so after college, I moved to Spain. I did some self-study. I was going through some physical ailments at the time, really bad physical ailments that once again, thought were normal. 
ran into some books on holistic health, started studying that, started studying spirituality. My, the mind in me was open to a whole new world that I didn't realize was there for 22 years of my life. And I'm like, how the hell did I just live 22 years in a bubble thinking that this is just how life has to be? Life has to be hard. You have to work hard for money. You have to suffer. You have to have, you know, anxiety, stress and anxiety and binge and emotional eating. It's just a part of life. Like you just have to live with it. When I realized that there's this whole other world out here, I'm like, I was just literally mind blown. I mean, mind blown is such a, an accurate term to use for the situation that I was in. And I was like, why the hell did I know this for 22 years? And why the hell doesn't everybody else know it? Because once you find this realm and once you start to figure out that you're not the mind, that you have a soul, that you have a non-physical part of you, that life doesn't have to be hard, that that's a really freaking limiting belief. Of course, there are times in life where there's pain and there's struggle, but it's happening for you. That gives you so much power and it and the pain and the struggle literally helps you evolve into a higher, better version of yourself. Um, and so when I started to discover this new world that I had been totally blind to for 22 years, there was a fire lit up inside of my body that was like, okay, I get it. It is part of my purpose. You know, I'm finding this at 22 and I am, I'm very passionate. I'm like, it is part of my purpose to move home from Spain right now and to start screaming this shit from the rooftops to whoever will give me the time and day and listen. Because once I started embodying and implementing the holistic and the spiritual practices, my life went from, I'm not going to say I had a bad life. I didn't. I had an average life, but it was just that. It was average. It was stagnant. It was very mundane. mundane. Is that the word? There were highlights. I'd travel here and there. I'd take a vacation here and there. I'd look forward to weekends. But besides that, it was just very flat and average and stagnant. And when I realized that there was so much more and that, holy shit, I can wake up every single day and live a life that's exciting and blissful and expansive and fun. And, and I can take my pain and use them for my power. I'm like, everybody gets to live this life. This isn't just available to me. I'm like sitting here as a 22 year old thinking I'm an average Joe if this is available and possible for me, it's possible for every single human on this entire planet. So why do we think that life has to be so hard and so stagnant and so mundane? Like it doesn't, it gets to be what I see right now. What I'm thinking is like, we all get to live lives as our unicorn highest selves. Like we get to be unicorns. We get to be rainbows. Like we get the blissful, fun, expansive lives if we choose that. And I think that a lot of people don't, realize that. And so that's why I'm so passionate about all of this is because, and I still, to this day, I mean, there are a lot of people listening to me and a lot of people taking my advice and trying out what I'm suggesting and feeling it for themselves and feeling that holy fuck life can be good. But then there are still people that I see that are just not, you know, not here for it. They don't want to know what I have to say. They, they don't, want to try connecting to their bodies. They don't want to connect to it. They just don't get it. They think that their life is fine. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and judge them and say that their life's not fine because I'm sure it's fine, but I'm sure it's also stagnant and mundane. And I'm sure that they're just going to do the average Joe traditional thing. And that's, I just know that anybody who steps foot on this path 
is in for a freaking ride of a life that is amazing. Amazing isn't even a good word for it. Did that answer your question? That's why I'm so passionate about all this. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you essentially want people to experience the magic that you're experiencing in your own life. And you know that it's possible for everyone. Exactly. And I also know that there are just like so many quote unquote issues that people deal with every day that suck for them and that make them not want to wake up and do life that they think are just normal, that just have to be there, Mm. but they don't like, they don't have to be there and they don't have to be issues every single day. Not to say that you can't use them for your power. You can, but like, you have to, you have to realize that first. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff is like to show people that, you know, you've been living in a bubble your whole life and there's so much more available to you. So let me hold your hand and support you and hold space for you as you start to really step into who you truly are, because who you truly are is not the you you're living as right now. Oh man, mic drop. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Okay. I have one more thing to add. Can I have like two more minutes? So you guys, something that I um, told my clients when I first started out my business, which was like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, it was when Alicia and I first became friends. And like she said at the beginning of the show, we're virtual friends for the most part. I mean, we were in person once for like a week or something in California and we will be. (laughs) It was a wild weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be, we'll obviously connect in person again. But when I first started helping people with this kind of stuff, a big theme is, all right, well, I'm evolving and I surround myself with a bunch of people who are negative Nancy's who are are settling for the average life who don't who just want to go out and drink and party and um smoke weed and watch Netflix and I'm not saying that those things aren't bad because they're not there's a time and a place for all of them but a lot of my clients were like this is hard because how do I find you know friendships in my area that are like-minded and that are nourishing uplifting and I get it because human connection is important, but I always used Alicia and I and our friendship and the friendship that we've created in all of my programs. And I still do, because if you're listening right now and you're feeling that way and you're feeling that lack of connection, just know that virtual friendships are a thing and they feel just as good, if not better than in-person human connection friendships. I mean, Alicia is one of my best friends and she will be for my entire life. She's literally one of my soul, soul sisters. We are soulmates. And we have this beautiful, uplifting, nourishing, supportive AF friendship. And it's all virtual and it feels so fulfilling. So just know that you don't have to have people right now in your area. Go online, join a group co- course, join a group program, creep through followers of pages that you love be bold, reach out, like send a couple people a message and see what comes of it. Because yeah, virtual friendships are possible. I mean, I just can't get over the beautiful relationship that we've built <laughs> over FaceTime and telephone and voice messages. Oh, I love you. Do you remember, do you remember it was, I think it was the first summer that we met. Um, 
we were reading Pussy, a reclamation by Mama Gina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we did her, her advice of what did she have us do every day? We would send each other five things. It was like what we're grateful for. Oh, I can't remember, but we did that for weeks, every single morning. It was beautiful. And then it, and then it just reached a point where we both felt so supported and so full. And that really helped us transition into like, I don't know, uh, not needing to rely on each other so much for support, but it deepened our friendship so much. It was so powerful. Yeah. It was beautiful. And yeah. So you guys can have virtual friendships and you can create some really deep connection virtually. That's the gift that we have in this world. You know, technology is also not all bad. Mm -hmm. It really gives us a lot of opportunities to connect and to love each other, even if you live, you know, thousands and thousands of miles apart. Totally. Reach out to someone you feel pulled to. That's what Sarah did with me. She asked me some questions about something and we just hit it off. We started talking about traveling and then, and then we just kept talking and it evolved from there. So lean into those spheres and, you know, connections, everything. And it, it really supports this journey, especially when you feel like you're going through it alone and people don't get you. So exactly. mm, thank you so much, Sarah. Was there anything else you wanted to share? I don't think so. I think this is an awesome conversation. Mm, yay. I love you so much. Thank you for joining us. We could literally talk for hours and hours and hours. I'll have to have you back. Um, before we wrap up though, I would love for you to share how people can connect with you, work with you, anything like that. Yeah. So Instagram is where I hang out the most. My Instagram handle is at Sarah with an H, Jean, J-E-A-N, Harkin, H-A-R-K-E-N. So look me up on Insta. I hang out there lots. And then also go check out our podcast, Her Vibe is Pretty. It's really fun. And we have really really awesome community there as well. Um, I did just build a website, but it's a work in progress. So we'll share that the next time I'm back. (laughs) I can link it. I can link it once you, once you have it finished. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia. This was awesome. It was such a good time. It's always a pleasure. Our conversations always light me up. I feel so high vibe right now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Wake Up With Me podcast. If you found it inspiring, if it helped you out, I would love if you sent it to someone that you think it would support. And if you left me a rate and a review, it really supports my channel. And I would love to connect with you if you screenshot your review and share it on your social media tagging me. I'm obsessed with human connection and putting faces to names and to the audience listening. All right. I love you so much. Thanks for joining and I'll see you next time.